an all-new edition of the Bearded Carcast. Dave Friedman, I am Mike Pacheco. Glad you're joining us. Making our way back after Winthrop's second consecutive double-figure win. It's also the only time this year they've done it, but certainly they've done it the first time in Big South Conference play as well. And a pretty gritty win, down one at the half, big second half. DJ Burns, 23 points in the game. He now has over 1,000 in his career. Only, what, the 10th Winthrop Beagle Dave to do it as a junior. But we I think it's the 7th. The 7th. I think it's the 7th. 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 Let's do it. 7th. I am amazed by the way this team wins. It's their fifth win this year when trailing at halftime. It's their yeah. fifth win this year when trailing at some point during the game by double digits. You can go two and three seasons where you don't come back from down 10 yeah. and win a game and they make it a regular part yeah, of right, the, right, right, right. the deal. I mean, they're down 22-11, seven minutes into the game. I, I wasn't overly panicked or concerned, no, were no, you? No, 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 no. Now, part of it is, objectively speaking, I think Hampton's the worst Big South team we've seen this year, and they started the game something like oh, eight hot. of ten yeah. shooting, or seven of yeah. ten, or something like That's that. Like I've and seen like, this movie before. it just didn't seem likely yeah. that they were going to be able to continue right. at that tempo. Now, and, for people just joining us too, we need to note that Winthrop is down three uh, scholarship players: uh, no Pat Good. No Corey Hightower and no Josh Corbin, all uh, back in Rock Hill. Second consecutive game that Winthrop has, has been uh, without those three players. So they were down to eight scholarship players. And so I, maybe that makes this win even a little bit more well, and, and impressive. You say they're down three scholarship players because those three guys have played all it's year. It's really five. Right, right. because Tanari Lane yeah. hasn't played all year and Cam Whiteside hasn't played all year. and. and how good those guys would be, we, we don't know. There's there's no way of knowing. Right, right, right. But, I mean, you're playing with eight scholarship players. Yeah. So if there's foul trouble or if you have a guy or two that aren't having a good game, that's trouble. Yeah. And the A&T game was the same thing. They trailed at halftime. They made the second half comeback. They won kind of going away. There, there's something about those three guys being out that has made the team better defensively. And maybe it's just the way they responded and being locked in, right. but maybe it's the guys that are playing more minutes, Sincere McMahon, really before those three guys were out, was starting to have the light turn on, yeah. was, was shooting the ball better, huh? was more active defensively. But with Corey out, we've seen Jamal King, who hasn't played a whole lot most of the year, and more minutes for Chase Claxton. And Corey is the team's leading rebounder and second or third leading scorer, but Chase Claxton's better defensively, and Jamal King is probably bigger and stronger. And man, when they lock in and play defense, it's hard to score. Hard to score. And you know, it's evidenced by the second half. They were, what, they shoot like 32%? Hampton shot 32%, I think, in the second half. Yeah, which is, I mean... And Winthrop shot 50%. Which has become a regular part of the... Well, they're a top, what, top 25 uh, field goal percentage, right? Top yeah, they, I mean, they've shot the ball really, really well all year. And that comes, like, for two reasons. 
they're a good outside shooting team. They've got several really good snipers, but DJ Burns is top 10 in the country yeah. in field goal percentage, yeah. and he takes the majority of their right. shots. I mean, right. But even Kelton Telford has a pretty high percentage. 100%. I mean, Telford's been a revolution this yeah. year. I mean, his development has really been significant. So when DJ comes out, Kelton, you, you just don't lose a whole lot. You get a different style of player. But, uh, yeah, they're playing very, very well. Now, part of that could be the level of competition. Uh-huh. I don't think... A&T is at the top of that division. I certainly don't think Hampton is, but you'll play the teams that are on the schedule. That, sure, that's right. the way it works. Wait, and that's what, how it works? Well, not last year. Games yeah. were getting canceled right. and rescheduled <laughs> right, and right, stuff. Right, right. But, but normally, yeah. a, and they, they look they look the part right now. And, yeah, and yeah. you look at Longwood, and, and they escaped today at Charleston Southern. I think they got a bucket and then a block shot in the final 10 or 20 seconds, something like that. They're doing a lot of what Winthrop was doing before. They're winning a ton of close games. They're finding a way. They're making winning plays. Winthrop went to their place and lost by four points in a game that Pat Good got injured and didn't play for the second half. If those teams were to play again, I would have every expectation it would be a really, really good game. And what does that say, right, for for them? Because... They've taken arguably two of the best teams in the league down to the wire. Charleston Southern has. Right. I mean that that says that the bottom of the league is not as bad as. Yeah. Uh, you know, because in some years it's been like two or three teams, four teams maybe that you you get it being the top four, and then it's you know a vast difference between six to the bottom or five. Right. To the bottom. I mean, I understand that Longwood is undefeated, and maybe they're going to go. Uh, 14 and 2 or 15 and 1 or even 16 and 0. I don't think they are more than, you know, a couple of baskets better yeah. than the other top teams sure. in the league. Yeah. And that leads you to believe if they and Winthrop, at least at this stage, they have the best records, right. if those are the best teams in the league, these aren't the dominant Winthrop teams, or quite frankly, yeah. the dominant. Asheville teams or high point teams of you know the last couple of decades that that are just so much better than everyone else. So it says something about how good the top teams are, and it also says something about how good the bottom teams are. Which is to say, on any given day, I mean, Hampton led Winthrop by double digits. Hampton had Upstate on the ropes um, in the second half yeah. on Wednesday. So so the bottom teams and the top teams aren't aren't, you know, a zillion points differential. I mean, I think the first year you and I were at Winthrop in the first round of the conference tournament, they played Charleston Southern. Right. And they had pasted them by 20 or 30 each of the two games during the they regular season. Basically. Right. And I said to Barkley Radabaugh on the pregame show, what is Greg Marshall's weakness? And he said, his short, short game, game. yeah, he's, he's not not great off the, you know, okay off the tee, but then you know, getting up to the green. I mean, it just, it's a different, yeah. it's a different deal. And yeah. then they pasted, I think Asheville that year in the semis, and it was yeah. the same thing. They beat Nettie by twenty twice during the regular season, then they beat him again by twenty because they were just that much better. And you know, to some degree, we saw that last year. I, I mean, whether it be because of the pandemic or because of Chandler Vaudron or what, what have you. I mean, it, it's easy to think that, wow, Winthrop is always good. And, you know, Mark Prosser inherited this amazing team. Well, off of last year's team, the second 
leading returning scorer was Josh Corbin. Right. Who wasn't a starter last year, certainly had a very, very nice season, hit at a very high percentage from outside the arc, but you don't look at him like, oh, wow, he's the second best player on a championship team. I mean, they lost Kyle Sunick, they lost the conference player of the year, they lost Adonis Arms, they lost Charles Falden. So, So this is a very different team. And I think we said, probably if we were to listen back to one of our podcasts from six or eight or 12 weeks ago, it's a new system, it's a new team, right. it's a new coaching staff, it's gonna take some time. Yep. I still look at the bulk of the season and say, the game at Elon got away. Yes. That's one that I think Winthrop was the better team, right. it was a little bit fluky, whatever. Yeah. Elon's not bad, they've been competitive for large portions of the CAA season, but that one got away a little bit. The rest of them, I, you know, I don't think losing at high point is a crime. Right, 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 right. I, I mean, high yeah. point uh, is proven you have to be high, a... You have a, a, a candidate for league player of the year and a Hall of Fame coach. And a new building that when it gets full, it gets loud. Yeah. And I think in the league now, they're right around 500. Mm-hmm. I would agree with that. I, I think Winter now has... It's not mathematically, they have not locked up a first round tournament by right. but I think they have in good shape, basically done so I mean we're down to five teams I think competing for four buys Longwood's 9 and 0 Winthrop's 8 and 2 Gardner Webb and Upstate are 7 and 3 Campbell 6 and 4 no one else is better than High Point who's 4 and 5 so you, you have five teams that are at least two games over 500. You have four teams that are at least four games over 500. It, it, the buys are going to go to four of those sure. five. Right, right. And those teams have to play each other. So Campbell plays Gardner-Webb on Wednesday. One of them is going to lose. Either Campbell's going to drop to six and five, or Gardner-Webb's going to drop to seven and sure. four. I think Winthrop was six games to go. I think three and three is going to yeah. get them there, yeah. and you know, I, I would like to believe this team that has four of their final six at home is going to do three or three or better. Right. Yeah, you would think. And remember, for folks that maybe aren't as up on the Big South as they maybe have been in years past, this year the conference tournament is on a neutral site. Now it's in Charlotte, but that means you don't have home floor in the championship game. Right. To, to the high seat. Right. Um, and you know they, we've 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 debated that before. I, I like the idea of making the regular season mean something. And for the top four, getting a bye is important, particularly since the quarterfinals, semifinals, and championship game yeah. are on consecutive days. Right. But to me, being the fourth seed and being the one seed, the way you've set up the bracket at a neutral site are more or less the same thing, right. that, that's not a huge advantage. I would prefer either home court or double buys or, or some sort of... Right, some, some more incentive to have a, a, a top four regular season. Right, I mean, Longwood's having the best year in the history oh. of the university. Yes, no doubt. And Undefeated their reward is going to be, let's say they... Play at noon. Right, they, they get to play at noon and the four seed plays at 2.30. Well, I mean... It's a minimal help. I mean, it, it's a little bit. You have a little more time to recover before your next game, but it's not. It's not exactly a gigantic prize. Right.
talk about what else? Are I mean, you want to talk about the Super Bowl? We can talk about the Super Bowl. How interested are you in Bengals Rams? Um, sentimentally, I would have been a little more interested in Bengals and 49ers. Uh, you know, it just would have sparked a lot of reminiscence of, of the, you know, that was a pretty good Super Bowl. Uh, but the you first know what? one was a blowout. The second, the second one was one, a good right, game. Right, yeah. Right. The second one. Um, yeah, I'm excited for it. I mean, I, I, I'm a little disappointed that uh, there's no football this weekend other than the Pro Bowl, but that's that's a different animal. That's not that's not NFL. I mean, it's NFL football, but you know what I mean. It's not. It's an exhibition. It's an exhibition. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm excited. I mean, I, um, I've i always liked Matthew Stafford, and I'm glad he's got a chance to, uh, after all those years in Detroit, to, to finally have a chance. You know, we know a lot of people from um, Cincinnati and the Ohio, greater that greater Cincinnati area. You know, Dan Hortz, you know, we're both friends with him. I'm, I'm excited for him to uh, to call a Super Bowl and, and, and have an opportunity for them to win. And, you know, look, I was a Red Sox fan when, back in the depths of uh, when they, they were the lovable losers. And um, now they didn't have all the, the stigma and, um, you know, pain. I mean, they, they had a pain existence, don't get me wrong. But, you know, you can, the Bengals have long been tortured. Um as well, in, 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 in a different way, because they haven't, you know, since those teams in the 80s, have basically been terrible. So, does that mean you're cheering for the Bengals? Um, I would have to say that's the better, it, it's the small guy versus the big guy, because it's it's a smaller market, you know, even though it's LA's first, you know, Super Bowl since getting the team, uh, getting the Rams back. But they're the they're the 800 pound gorilla. I mean, and they did look. Don't get me wrong. They did a terrific job in building that team, and then it's obviously built to win now. You know, it's probably a long way to say. I don't really. Ha- I mean, I'm not that passionate. I'm about with the you. Win. I don't like. I am fine with the. I matchup. want to see a good game. Is what I'm I want interested to, to watch the game, and I'm not that worked up about it. I, like I'm a hundred percent gonna watch, and I will think about it leading up to it. Yeah. My, my gut is the Bengals' offensive line just isn't good enough yeah. against that Rams' defensive front. But that being said, I don't trust Matt Stafford. I expect him to make a couple of bad passes, and he can yeah. throw the game away. They've had that same offensive line the last three weeks when they've dispatched teams that yeah. are you know, pretty good or maybe better than that. So I, I, I don't know. Like I'm interested to watch the game. I mean, I have one of my very good friends – prides himself on picking out quarterbacks early and, and knowing they're going to either be busts or they're going to be great. Yeah. And he uh, he's had a lot of flops, but he's, <laughs> he's had some hits too. Right, right, and boy, right. he's been on Joe Burrow. And yeah, Joe, Joe Burrow, Burrow wow. indeed looks like the real deal. And I, I, I've always been a Joe Mixon fan. I think uh-huh. he's a, a dependable workhorse sort of guy. Jamar Chase is terrific, but wow, if you can win the Super Bowl with that offensive line, yeah. that's that's amazing. Do you have any NFL off-season stuff? Do, do you have a, a thought on where Aaron Rodgers goes? Does he go back to Green Bay or where Russell Wilson goes or where Deshaun Watson goes? I, I guess let's start with this. Uh, who starts a quarterback for the Panthers on whenever the first game is, September 5th. You know, and this is going to sound like I'm waffling. I, I have no idea. I mean, I I think if 
the legal issues get worked out, um, I think the the trendy thing to say is that he's going to end up in Carolina. And, and I'm not I'm not going to debate you the merits of it, but it's going to be a I mean it's a, it's a lot of draft capital, and you're going to have to give up maybe one or two of your stars defensively to get Watson. Now don't get me wrong, you got to have an elite quarterback. So I I think right now with what they're saying. The price might be a little bit too high only because I think... I mean, the Texans are basically in the catbird seat. I mean, they can get a king's ransom. Well, let me ask you this. Yeah. And again, I have obviously no idea what's going to happen. I don't know how, how we would. Would you prefer to pay a king's ransom for Deshaun Watson if, like you said, the legal stuff gets worked out? And we know he is young and he is unbelievably gifted. And but if it seen, comes at the price of like a Brian Burns, or like a, a Chin or a Horn, like I don't know. Right. So would you rather pay the price, a whole bunch of draft picks or draft picks and defensive players, or however, whatever you have to bid to get them? Would you rather do that? We've seen them go, you know, kind of the the free agent route, the trade route to get kind of projects or maybes. There are a couple of quarterbacks that are pretty clearly available that are better than Teddy Bridgewater and better than Sam Darnold. But if you don't do anything about the offensive line, it doesn't matter who's back there. Sure. But at quarterback, I mean, whether you have Deshaun Watson or you have Cam Newton back or anyone else you pick off the scrap heap, anyone you draft or anyone you sign a free agency, like, like... trade for you, you you have to fix the offensive line that's but that's, i think this is a traditional build and not like do what the rams did and draft and, and trade and trade everything away and, and try and win now I, I, but I, if it's a traditional build where who's the quarterback a draft pick right that's the question i i you know what i think you know just what i've seen from the nfl i, I think you know it, it's not sexy but it's the old thing i think you gotta you gotta start from your your, your two lines out, your offensive line. If they had a decent off, if you give Sam Darnold, and I'm not t- telling you that Sam Darnold's the best thing since sliced bread, I'm not telling you that. But you give him enough time, he can make play. He can, with, with the type of defense the Panthers had this year, if he had a little bit more time, I think they could have been a All playoff right, team. So we'll make you Scott Fitter. I'll give you three options. Option A, King's Ransom for a top tier guy. Rodgers, Wilson, um, whoever else is available, Watson, whoever. That that's option A. Option actually, I'm gonna give you four options. Okay, four options. option two. Stand pat. Use all your capital on linemen. Build with what you have right now. Option three. Draft a quarterback. Option four. Don't use King's ransom. Trade. You know a late round pick, a mid round pick and get Kirk Cousins or Jimmy Garoppolo who are both clearly available. I would probably pick door number 4. Do you like one of those guys in specific or you just like the idea they're better than what you have and you're not giving the up a huge amount to get them? Yeah, I, I that's what I think cuz I think don't get me wrong, Aaron Rodgers to to give up what you have to get to get him. It's the same thing with the Watson. I, I just don't know. They don't have enough. They don't have enough stuff to give away 
to make it work. In my opinion, I mean, maybe you know, Scott Fitter is a, a wheeler dealer, so I mean, he, he might have something up his sleeves. Uh, I would probably be inclined to do uh, the fourth option, and I don't think it's the worst thing in the world to do the second option. The third option, I think, is is intriguing because you know, drafting a quarterback. I guess the question I would I would throw back to you is: Could you get? Can you get your without drafting out of the first round? So in other words, take a take the best. Let's just say they take the best offensive lineman with the first round pick. Do you feel? Could you? Or is this quarterback draft deep enough that you could get uh, a higher level down the you know dependable quarterback in the second round? I mean, I think you're throwing darts. No yeah. one thinks this is a good quarterback yeah, draft that's what I was to start I, with. Right. And teams, because they need quarterbacks, are going to convince themselves that right. there are two or three, whether it's See, that's why I think you, you, you draft best available position. I mean, I think offensive line obviously has to be addressed. But I think for the most part, you, 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 you take care of offensive line and then you draft whatever the best available people are. In the right, so them. if you do that, and, and again, I don't have a beef with that. But if you draft best available and you don't want to trade a ton, which you can't draft best available if you trade a ton because trading a ton includes right. trading your top pick. So now you can't get Deshaun Watson, top flight and quarterback. And you weaken your defense. You can't get your draft pick. Yeah. So that only leaves you in the boat of trade for kind of second tier guy or stand pat. This is a really good question. If the Panthers get improvement across the board through the draft, they spend their money wisely in free agency, can they be a playoff team with the quarterbacks on the current roster? I think they can. Just because if we make the assumption that the defense is a top-five defense like it had been part of the season last year, they now they're going to have to get a little bit beefier on the defensive line too because I think at the end of the day they wore down a little bit. But if you can assume that this is a top-five defense, you have McCaffrey coming back, right? Obviously, you know, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson. You give Sam Darnold time, I, I think you have the ability to to win. Now, they're not going to be 40 to 30 games. I mean, they're probably, you know, you know more than that 27 to 23, 21 It's range. funny, though, because most people have this – we have to be better immediately. We, we have to change things now. It's not a good quarterback class in the draft. That's why I wouldn't mortgage if, the future. It, right, to get exactly. A... Well, if you can bulk up everywhere else, right. and if Darnold isn't the answer, well, next year, if you've done a good job in the draft, if you've done a good job in free agency, those things are easier said than done, well, maybe then you can either make the trade or draft the quarterback and have it perfect for someone to show up and do the job. Now, let me ask you this, and I'm not, I'm not saying that Darnold and Garoppolo are equal, but look at the type of the year the 49ers had. Well, they were a handful of plays away from the Super Bowl. Right. But, I mean, like, where would you put Jimmy Garoppolo? Like, if you, if you, if you put 1 through 30, on, or 32, for NFL quarterbacks, where, where, where would you slot him number-wise at? I mean, without, or get, or you, without your, ranking every single guy... Somewhere. Or give me a range like between like you know is he five and ten is he eleven? I'd and say 15? between eighteen and twenty four. Okay. I mean, if you take 
you know, 30 divided by six, you get five quadrants. I wouldn't put them in the bottom one, but the, right. the second uh, lower one. I mean, there, there are worse quarterbacks than Jimmy Garoppolo, but he is limited and everyone understands what his limitations are. But if you, if you, if you become more of a game manager and don't make mistakes, don't turn the ball over, and you have a top 10 defense, you can make the playoffs. Right, but that's not Jimmy Garoppolo. Right, but I think Sam Darnold could be that guy. Maybe. Now, I, I would not put Sam Darnold in that category. I'd put Sam Darnold in the bottom six, bottom eight guys. Well, I think you have to based on the year he had. Right. Yeah. But but that doesn't, I mean... But he has the best, I mean, again, this is a little bit of a stretch, but if he has, you know, the, by leaps and bounds, the best year of his career and doesn't turn the ball over... Well, and you can throw a dart. You can, you can keep Sam Darnold and you can draft a fourth-round quarterback and the chances that he's Russell Wilson or Tom Brady right. aren't great, but right. you yeah. put him on the roster and you take a look at him. I mean, you know, you're not giving up that much to draft someone later on. Right, right. Interesting options. Yeah. What would you do of those four options? If I handed you the reins to the Panthers, what would you do? Um, I, I guess that would depend how close I think I am to winning the Super Bowl. I mean, if the defense is really a top five defense, I'd mortgage the future and try to get the best quarterback I can because if you have a top five defense in Deshaun Watson, even if he doesn't have an offensive line, Russell Wilson went to a couple of Super Bowls with no offensive line. I mean, right, but I don't think you can mortgage the future without taking away some of the pieces on that defense. I, I don't know that that's true, and the reason I say that is most of these splashy trades are four first round draft picks or three first round draft picks and two second round draft picks. Like, I don't think Houston is saying. We have to have some defensive player. I mean, for a franchise that's clearly not thinking about right now, they're looking at the future, a future asset's actually more valuable than yeah. a current asset. That's true. But, but I mean, I, I don't know what their other offers are. They certainly aren't going to say no to a low-priced stud defensively. But I think if you want to mortgage, you, you could mortgage first-round draft picks. Right down the line, however many you need to, or second round picks or what have you, to, to do it. I mean, if it's a top five defense, I don't think the offense is that bad. I mean, the offensive line is a problem, but you mentioned all of the weapons. Yeah. Those aren't embarrassing, terrible weapons. The receivers are fine. And if you the get running him, back and, is and, fine, except if he's get, never healthy. And if you, whether it's, you know, Ian Thomas, or you go out and you get like a, like a, a Greg Olson light, you know, a guy that can block a little bit and, you know, decent receiver, you know, that, that, that. Now, I'll tell you this, from a salary cap management standpoint, if you're bringing in Rodgers, you're bringing in Watson, you're bringing in Wilson, I, I would push very hard, even if you get no equity, I, I would be trying to trade McCaffrey in that deal right, because right. otherwise you have... Like you said, you lose all these draft assets and you have no money for flexibility. Yeah. When Christian McCaffrey is healthy, he's tremendous. Right. But, boy, he is not healthy an awful lot. Running back is not an overly valuable or important position. I, I think I'd rather kind of uh, structure my team around, all right, well, my $30 million guy in the backfield is Deshaun Watson. 
I've sent out a $25 million guy and I at least still have money to try to patch up that offensive line or whatever other spots you need to. Well, at what point do you say, okay, these injuries are flukes because he's been healthy pretty much his entire career except for the last two seasons. And at what point is it like, okay, age and just the general beating of that position are starting to catch up to him. Yeah, and that's why Scott Fitter gets paid a lot more money than you and I do. I, I, I mean, again, I don't watch every Panthers game. I certainly am not a doctor. It just seems to me when I turn on the television on Sunday, there are more games he's not playing than he is playing. And maybe that is a terrible recency bias because when he plays, he's terrific. But how many games the last two years has he played? Yeah, it's a Six, five, six. That's seven, a eight, lot of a money lot. Yeah. for someone who doesn't playing. always play. And, and, and guys that get hurt tend to get hurt. This is the J.J. Watt thing. I I knew several people that texted me and I read things on the internet when J.J. Watt got signed, and they're like, "Oh my God, what a bargain!" No one is a bargain if yeah. they're never able they're to play. Right, right, right. I mean, yeah, yeah, availability is yeah. very, very valuable. That that's an yeah. important, important part of the process I mean well that's what, uh, what's the it's kind of a um, yeah it's your, a your best, your, yeah your, your, your best asset is availability right I mean you know I'm an Oakland A's fan a low budget baseball team that's had success despite the economic realities and, and the largest contract they've ever given was to Eric Chavez and it was re-signed Jason Giambi or Miguel Tejada or Eric Chavez and Chavez was a gold glove third baseman and a pretty good hitter and I mean when the DL activated him they would activate him for three months in a row and the A's would be like god I just I wish the DL would would turn to someone up he was never available And, and you just you can't well, you know, the, the A's are limited because they have limited funds. Their sure. owners are cheap, whatever. The Panthers aren't limited by that. They're limited by a salary, salary cap. cap. I mean, right. everyone's dealing right. with the exact same sure. thing. You're you're eating up a lot of money on a position that is not a high leverage one to get guy that isn't playing a lot. That's that's tough. It's hard, but that's life in the NFL. It is indeed, and. We'll be back to life at the Winthrop Coliseum <laughs> next week. We got Radford at home Wednesday. That's the last team that Winthrop has yet to play this year. Struggling a little bit under a first-year head coach, but my uh, my understanding, I don't know Darius Nichols personally, but everyone I know things, thinks he's things, right? really, really good yeah. and it's going to be very, very successful. So I'm interested to see Radford on Wednesday, even though their probably future is brighter than their present is. And then back to the five teams that that Winthrop has played already in in their division, in the Southern Division, Saturday. But that's a home game, too, against Presbyterian. So our next podcast, I think, comes a week from Wednesday, Winthrop at Gardner-Webb. And check out our social media feed, WinthropEagles.com, WinthropEagles as well. We did go to uh, Harpoon Larry's, which was not next to Latte Larry's or uh, Mocha (laughs) Joe's. But uh, a neat, interesting little uh, seafood place. It was probably standard fare in the region. I, I wouldn't say it was great, but it was good. It was good. It was yeah, good, solid. solid. You know, by B, you know, B, B plus. Uh, but but good, good seafood fare. So anyway, join us on Wednesday. Dave will have the call on the radio, ninety-four point three FM for all you '90s fans out there. You can uh, get that on your stream if you're not in the Rock Hill area because you can't get it anywhere else. And uh, I'll be on ESPN Plus with Jim Zoki. So, 
Send us an email, beardedcarcast at outlook.com. And uh, for Dave, I'm Mike. This is listener-supported Bearded Carcast. We went kind of long, but I thought the quarterback discussion was actually good. Which button is it? The red one? Uh, 